Welcome to the Grow Down Podcast. Conversations while following Jesus on the old road which leads to new life. I'm your host, Tim Herset. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast today, Paul Neeland, uh, coming, calling in from Prescott, Arizona. Hey, you even said it right. Great job, Tim. There we go. <laughs> well, Paul, let's start things off the way I start all these conversations. What is one thing that everyone listening should know about Paul Neeland? Yes, and that's just like, that's the scariest question you could ask anybody because I don't really know what to say. Um Except for the fact that, first of all, I mean, you're you're my well. Hey, one thing everybody needs to know is that I know Tim Herset. <laughs> like, that's that's like really a a feather in my cap. But uh, all seriousness, I'm uh, just um, I just want everybody to know that anything I might share today, you know, it's uh, it just comes from someone who is learning and growing um, just like anybody else. So sinner saved by grace, um, just wanting to grow in my walk with the Lord and, and, you know, maybe helping some others along the way too. So there's that. Cool. Well, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about your family and your ministry and what it is you're up to today in Arizona? Sure. Um, for your listeners, I don't know where your listeners are probably from all around the country, but those of your listeners that are in the uh, Montana area, um, I knew Tim from being a, a youth pastor up in his church, you know, many years ago. So I've been in ministry now for huh, 25, 30 years, something like that. I've done a lot of other things too, but ministry has been the uh, the big thread that has been the most constant in my life. I've been a senior pastor, an associate pastor, as well as a youth pastor. And, um, and that's been, been a joy. Um, it's taken us all over the country, um, North Dakota, California, Montana, South Dakota, Minnesota, Arizona, a couple times. So, um, I love adventure, and so that kind of plays out in the ministry also, uh, just going from place to place. But we've, uh, my wife and I, my wife uh, Ruth and I, we've raised three kids. We're empty nesters now, and um, our oldest son, Andrew, um, has, uh, is married and has three kids, and he's gone through seminary, and he's now getting his doctorate in, in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Cordia. And then our middle child, Alicia is um, well out of school, too. She's partway through some college uh, education, and she's actually out here in Prescott, Arizona also. And, um, and then our youngest just graduated from high school, and now he's in his first year at Bible school, Bible college, Free Lutheran Bible College in uh, Minneapolis. And uh, I recently, back, well, I guess, back in July of this last summer, um, I just completed um, 
as a uh, finished up as a senior pastor at a church in the Minneapolis area. And now I'm a part-time missionary with the International Orality Institute, which takes God's word over to other countries, specifically countries that have an oral culture. And uh, we, uh, we just set up uh, biblical training centers where the locals then learn how to memorize scripture and teach all of scripture, the whole meta-narrative of God's story uh, to their friends and neighbors. And they, we have a curriculum that they use to guide them through that. And uh, it's just really been, it's been something that I just noticed this, this is where God's really working right now. And I just want to join him. And so Mm. that's, that's what, um, that's what I'm doing right now. It's only part-time gig. So I'm still kind of looking for another part-time gig, but that's kind of, that's what we're doing now. Oh, cool. And am I correct in understanding that part of that orality Institute, you do a lot of, um, storytelling teaching. Yes. Yes, the whole that's the whole idea behind it. It's you know, you you memorize large chunks of narrative and then you you tell the story to the listeners, then you retell it again, you know, from memory, and then you walk through the story by telling it again a third time, but people are are now more engaged and they might be even acting out part of the story and uh, then you look for the treasures and take home the treasures and it's very simple, but it's it's very profound too, because it's using the method that Christ used in telling parables and asking questions. And, um, it's been very effective. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool, Paul. Thanks for joining us today on this podcast. And we are looking, uh, looking at having conversation about the spiritual discipline, um, of prayer right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so people have, you know, they've heard um, just kind of trying to define what prayer is. And my friend Ben Munseth, he quoted Ruth Haley Barton uh, by saying that prayer is all of the ways we communicate and commune with God. Oh. Uh, and so that's kind of been the guiding definition for us for what prayer is. Um, but I want to just ask you. Paul, how would you define prayer? Yeah, it's a that's a difficult question because if you take that definition there, it's you know it says all of the ways, so it's it can be quite extensive and very hard to just really put it into a, a very concise thing. But what I think of, and and this has just been over time for me personally, just trying to understand this better. I think back to the very beginning you know, when God created mankind and he had created Adam and Eve and he had that, he had that relationship um, with them where, where he could just freely walk in the garden with them and they could commune with him. And it was, it was so beautiful. So to me, prayer, this way of communicating with our creator, with our Abba father, that very deeply ties into the whole story of redemption that plays out in all of scripture because it, it helps answer the question of why, why is God doing all that he's doing for us in, in and through Christ? And I think it's because 
he wants to restore that relationship and that perfect um, bond with him, you know, the righteous relationship with him that played out in intimacy, in conversation, in oneness. And that's, I think, what a lot of prayer is and why we see that in scripture so many times. It just, it comes out in such an intimate way uh, through various passages in scripture. Yeah. And and so you've mentioned the creation narrative, but then are there any specific Bible passages that have helped you over the years? Understand yeah. Prayer? Yeah, I guess, you know, there's all kinds of them. You know, if you go through the book of Psalms, that's a great one because David is constantly um, crying out to the Lord. He's in, in conversation with him. I, I'll think of one here in um, Psalm 17, 6 and 7. It says, I, I call upon you for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love. I mean, there's just such a beautiful understanding there of, of that relationship that of communicating back and forth. Um, another one, I think that, well, another one just pops in my head. It's, I don't remember the reference, but it's like, you know, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. First mm-hmm. um, Thessalonians 517 was one that totally just blew my mind as I tried to wrestle with it. Um, that verse is in the middle of a phrase that Paul is talking to the, the uh, folks, the believers in Thessalonica, and he's telling them, you know, rejoice always. He's telling them to be thankful in every situation. Uh, but right in the middle of it, he says, pray without ceasing or pray constantly. And you know, I didn't really know for years. I just knew that as an answer to, you know, what's one of the shortest Bible verses? You know, two words, pray constantly or rejoice always. Yeah. Um, but what does that mean? And, you know, the answers that I always got, which are probably the correct answers, but it, it was always, you know, have a, a spirit of prayer in your heart and mind always. And I, I believe that to be true and correct Um, but something something happened as I reflected on that it just totally transformed my life totally transformed my walk with Christ Um, I had been researching for something totally unrelated and this was this was back in my days in Montana actually and I came across a study it was a secular study on on the body on the mind on how we think and and how our mind works and our thought life and somewhere in that study and i can't recite the source i don't remember mm-hmm. and i don't i don't even remember the specific like percentages but somewhere in that report it said that we as humans if you analyze our thought life we are thinking in conversation form like whatever 98 percent of the time Mm. you know if you were to analyze your own thoughts and i've done this i've tried to stop myself in the middle of whatever i'm doing and just 
think about what I'm thinking about. And, and it was true. I'm thinking like I'm talking to someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to wrestle with that for a few days um, because I was also at the same time, then I started to study a little bit more on, on prayer and about, you know, how the Holy Spirit dwells within us now as believers. And, and then this verse hit me. It's like, pray continually. And, and as I reflected on how prayer is like a conversation, and if in my own mind I am constantly talking to myself or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if I'm having a conversation, who am I talking to? You know, I don't know. So it's just me, I suppose. And you've probably already talked about this some in the past here with on your podcast here is like a lot of times people will think, well, you know, what is prayer? But I'm just like, I'm talking to myself. Well, in a way we kind of are, except we're doing it with an understanding that, well, now there's someone dwelling within me who's with me a hundred percent of the time. Why not just bring that person into the conversation, bring the Holy spirit into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so that, that has played a big part in my understanding of my relationship with, with my heavenly father, with Christ through the Holy spirit is that every, every day, every waking moment, every, everywhere I go, if I'm walking down the street, if I'm with, if I'm with you walking down the street, talking to you, you might hear me. I might just start talking to God in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, because he's there and he's part of the conversation anyway. I think of, um, there's a, there's a character in a movie. I won't mention the movie. Um, um, it's just, it's a secular movie or movie or whatever, but there's this character in there and he's just, he's just talking to all his friends. And all of a sudden in the middle of it, it was just like, I know father, you know, and he's like talking to, to God, um, right in the middle of it. And I think that's, that's a little picture of what God wants with us is just a constant conversation with him. And for me, I guess that's part of my understanding of prayer is being able to freely converse with him in, in, in many, many ways, like that definition that Ben shared. Mm-hmm. Um, but to recognize that it can be a constant thing. Um, so, that's just a couple of scripture examples, but that was, that was one that really, really tore me up there and made me think a little bit. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, Paul, we're going to shift gears slightly to more the specific uh, practice of solitude in the context of prayer. Hmm. Um, I, I, I love how you were talking about praying constantly and, even walking down the street with someone in relationship with someone, you can be in prayer. Um, but out of relationship uh, by yourself in solitude, um, what have you learned about solitude and how it relates to prayer? Yeah. Well, um, I guess, first of all, uh, the, um, the term, solitude i mean i i love the term because i'm i'm more of an introvert um 
versus others who might be extroverts and just love to be around people. I don't mind being alone. But as it relates to my relationship with with God, um, the term solitude, it's it's kind of, it's not always even perfect because I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm with somebody, I'm with, I'm with God, but it's just the two of us. So solitude to me is just me and one other person, my, my daddy, my heavenly Abba. And, um, the importance of that probably really started hitting me back when we first started having children and my relationship with my own kids really gave me a better glimpse into how my relationship with my heavenly father should be. Cause I loved my kids so much. And I, I began to recognize how much God loved me even more. And there would be times, this would be back way back when I was uh, again in Montana and I would have to take the train, the Amtrak to Minneapolis for some um, youth board meetings and such. And I would do this a number of times and I'd be gone for a few days and my kids were little and I would just miss them so much. Mm-hmm. And I would call them most every night and we'd spend a few minutes on the phone talking individually with each one of them. I would. And I'd ask them how their day went. They'd tell me all the different things they did and share with me some things. And, and then they'd say they love me and I'd say I love them and and then we'd hang up. And, and yet, when I got home, they still, they just wanted, when I got in, when I walked in the door, they just wanted me like crazy. They would just cling to me, mm-hmm. run to me. And it's like, even though we talked daily, and, and for me, it, it struck me like, well, that's what I do with God. I, I might have a, quote, prayer time with him and I tell him about my day or you know unload on him and tell him I love him and recognize that he loves me and then I say amen but yet my my Abba daddy tank would just keep getting lower and lower and it needed to be filled up and it needed to be filled up like when I got back home with my kids I needed to go spend some specific time with each one of the kids individually to let them get their daddy tanks filled up. Mm-hmm. And so we, I would go and, and spend large chunks of time with just the two of us. And for me, that was more like a greater understanding for me of what this solitude, why I need that. Because I can, I can go through my day and have all sorts of things going on. But if I don't have an understanding of this, pray continually, you know, those, those tanks, my daddy tanks can get real low and I need to get those filled up. And so that's where the importance, I believe, of just getting away with just me and him and spending a good chunk of time together, you know, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and you, you you used that phrase "daddy tank" um, in in the context of you and your own children, but also you and God. So, can you tell us about 
I, like I vividly remember, gosh, I was probably in sixth or seventh grade. I remember you um, saying that, you know, like you wouldn't be available because you had a daddy tank day. Um, yeah. Can you, can you tell us about that? Is that just your phrase for a day of solitude or what's a daddy tank day? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Um, you know, I keep all my calendars for all the years, even since way back when there, and I could show, I could pull out all those calendars and every month of every year, I, I block out a day. It's a discipline that I've, it's not a legalistic thing, but it's a discipline that I've tried to put in my life. There's, there's other disciplines also, but this is one of my favorite is that I just set aside a day and I block it out like an appointment because um, it's so easy for us to put the importance of this kind of on the back burner and not treat it. You know, it's easy to let other things come up. It's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do that another time or I'm too busy to do it now or whatever. So I make it an appointment and I treat it like that. And I, I look forward to it. It's like mm-hmm. if my kids had a day set aside to spend with me, you know, they'd be so excited and they would hate it if, if I had to cancel it or change it or keep putting it off and not spending the time with them. But um, so I, I really try to honor it. Very rarely do I have to change it for another date. But um, what I do then is it's primarily just me and, and, and God. I, mm-hmm. I start out the day. I mean, I actually start out, first of all, personally for what i've developed here i i start off the very early thing in the morning i find one person to just encourage in some way or another um so i just do a quick note of encouragement or stop by someone's place of work just a quick note of encouragement then the rest of the day it's me and me and my daddy Mm -hmm. and it could look different every month um you know i might go like if I were in Kalispell, for example, I might go park somewhere and just start off with an hour prayer walk where I'm just walking downtown and I'm just walking and looking and praying and talking to God about what I'm seeing, the people I'm seeing, the businesses, the stores, the birds, the trees, whatever. Maybe I'll wander over to a park, just observe God's creation and just just talk with him, just be with him, just just the two of us talking i'm not walking i'm not thinking about something else i got to do i'm not thinking about other things i'm i'm having a conversation continually for that hour two hour prayer walk with him and then but that's like that's only an hour or two i got six seven eight hours left yeah um i might go i'll have a backpack with me i might have my bible along and i'll go and i'll sit and i'll just binge read scripture for a couple hours and just let him speak to me just i listen as i read scripture and just let it soak in binge large sections spend an hour or two doing that i might go back to my car then i sit in my car and just listen to good christian music for for a good hour and just pray with that and sing with that and worship um with that then i might um you know, have a good Christian book along, um, edifying book there that, that I can just read and, and grow my relationship 
with Christ through that. And, and so that's just sort of the things um, that I do. And it's, it's different. I've worked with a lot of different people on kind of setting up their own daddy tank. It's different for different temperaments, different mm-hmm. personalities. Um, but that's, that's what I do. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Like, I think you just painted a picture of solitude for a lot of the people who will be listening to this that is probably quite different than what they would imagine when they hear the word solitude. Um, like, right. I, know, I know for myself, when I first started paying attention to uh, different voices who were encouraging me to practice a discipline of solitude, all I could picture was like me having to find a cabin and be by myself dimly lit with a bible and a journal and that wasn't always practical nor did that always excite me um sure but you know there's value in that too but i don't think it needs to be limited yeah exactly that's that's what i was saying is like each picture that each person has like god's given each of us personalities that it works differently for different people um i know folks who they like to paint pictures on a day of solitude that that's what works for them too. You know? And so I think that that yep. picture that you give us is it's freeing is what it is. It allows us to explore, have an adventure with our dad uh, for a day where it's just us and him. Um, and so, yeah. And he well, thanks knows, for sharing that. He knows everybody individually. I mean, you know, the, the private cabin, I mean, that's, that's biblical. I mean, Jesus says, go in your, upper room and yeah and pray you know so there is there is great value in that but he also knows each of us individually he knows that i love the outdoors that i love nature and so i think he just loves spending time with me there yeah and that's that's part of what i believe is is healthy solitude yeah so paul why why is prayer and solitude essential for someone to grow in his or her faith well, I, I guess I think it comes back to that that relationship again, and I'll go back to the beginning. You know, all of Scripture is one big meta-narrative. It's one big story from beginning to end. Jesus was there in the beginning. He'll be there in the end, restoring everything, you know, and redeeming everything as he desires, because he started off, God created everything the way that he wanted it. It was perfect. And the relationship was perfect this was the the design that god had for us to be in this relationship with him and without understanding that that's i mean that's what faith is it's it's trusting god to to be in that relationship with him and to in our case now to just fully receive the the gift of redemption that he's provided through his suffering and death and resurrection um and our walk of our walk of faith it's it's they go together i mean it's like it's so so crucial so vital um to our 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 walk of faith is to having that personal relationship that's what sets us apart from all the other religions in the world that have carved idols or whatever you know we have a an opportunity for this personal relationship and that comes from 
communication with him, which is prayer and, and solitude, especially the, the time just alone with him. And um, it's just so beautiful, but so essential. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, I don't know who said it, but I've heard someone say, to be a Christian is to pray. Like, mm. if you're, like, it's essential. Is You know, that's that was their point that they're making. And so, um, yeah, it's a receiving of a gift and reciprocating a re- relationship. Oh. So thanks for articulating that so clearly, Paul. Um, so to, to finish up, um, I, I appreciate how you've, you've been so personal and you've shared so much of yourself um, and your relationship with God in this conversation. Um, but the last question that I have, it's, I, I'm asking, it, it's a hard question, I think, um, just to be really honest about, but what is the most difficult thing about prayer and solitude for you specifically uh, but then also for people in general, since we have so many different folks who will be listening to this. Yeah. Well, a couple things come to mind um, when you ask that. First, you know, I, I think I think of comparison relationships. I think of me as a father with my children, and and when I have the best relationship with them, when it's the easiest to just spend time with them, versus times when it's maybe not so easy. And I can think of times when my kids may have done something wrong or may have, you know, done, done something that they know would have disappointed me. Um, they become a little bit, this is especially when they were younger, but they would become a little bit distant, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe a little bit, not, not scared of me, but just they would feel um, embarrassed or, afraid that you know i would be sad because i was disappointed in something and and so for me personally that kind of plays out once in a while in in prayer and and solitude the times when i'm most reluctant to go and spend time in solitude is is most often after times when i've sinned or when i know that i would probably have disappointed my father now that's that's a not necessarily a correct understanding on my part of who my father is because mm-hmm. my, my children misunderstood me because I would never have been disappointed. I, I would just continue to love them and want to hear from them and, and forgive them and such. And that's what my heavenly father wants and desires. But that is still a, a, a time of struggle for me when, when I've done, uh, you know, something wrong that, it's harder for me then. That's when it's more difficult mm-hmm. to have that time of prayer and solitude. The The other thing that just kind of, uh, that maybe other people could relate to too, is when I get so busy and I, and I, and I allow myself to forget this pray, praying continually concept. And I, and I just get so busy with things that, that you know, I just don't find the time for it. And I think back of maybe you did this too when you were a kid. Maybe you still do. You probably still do. Um, you get on these little merry-go-rounds, you know, um, and these ones that are pretty close to the ground, and you get on those. And when I was a kid, we'd get on those, and every a bunch of other people would stand around the edges, and they'd just be spinning it and 
spinning it and turning it. And, you know, we'd be on it for a while until basically until we like went flying off it. Um, it was going so fast and we'd be so sick. We'd be throwing up, you know, it was just awful. Yeah. But I think that's what we do in life when we get going on this, on our busyness of life. We don't even realize it at first, but it just mm-hmm. gets going so fast that we can't get off. And then by the time we do get off, it's, it's not because we willingly stepped off. It's just we went flying off and we're sick mm-hmm. and, and uncomfortable. And that's, that's about the only time then that we're willing to like sit down and, you know, talk with God. We need to either not get on the merry-go-round to begin with. I mean, don't allow ourselves to get on that busy uh, um, cycle or be able to step off before it gets going so crazy that you can't get off and, uh, and, and just learn the discipline um, of, of taking time. Because it can be very difficult to spend time in prayer, to spend time in solitude, when we're just so constantly wrapped up in things, the busyness of life, the, the merry-go-round of life. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be what little encouragement I could yeah. offer there. Yeah, I appreciate that, Paul. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, and, and I will let you and the people listening know uh, this particular topic of solitude um, for me has been extremely impactful and uh, in my work with Young Life, um, my supervisors, um, my regional staff, they see the value of it as well. A lot of like how you were describing it, Paul. Um, and it's actually like in our job description uh, to take monthly mm. day away. And, oh, good. That's awesome. Um, and so it's, it's like the greatest gift. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's one of the hardest parts for a lot of us and so there, there's actually going to be a season on this podcast dedicated to the the discipline of solitude, um, huh. and and for me, a part of it comes from an understanding that technology has changed so drastically in the last twenty years that um, having solitude, even if you're physically alone and maybe even aware of the spirit in you the the buzz of the iphone in your pocket can totally change that day yep Yep. um and so so we're actually going to dedicate an entire um like not just episode but a whole series of episodes to solitude um just because i and it's a personal thing for me that i i see the importance of it um i'm definitely not an expert and i man on a good year, I'm, you know, I'm batting 500 when it comes to my <laughs> monthly day away. And so it's, it's an interesting deal that as much as I value it and I speak about it with other people, I even struggle to keep yeah. my own commitments. And so uh, that's something that people can look forward to. And I good. hope it'll be encouraging for all of us. So, oh. well, thank you so much for your time, Paul. Yeah. Thank you, Tim, for all that you're doing here. Yeah. This has been another episode of the Grow Down Podcast. Conversations while following Jesus on the old road which leads to new life. Thank you for listening.